0: to Riverview's Art Space inaugural podcast. Yay! Woo! Woo! I'm head curator and Riverview's artist, Brooke Marcy. And I'm assistant curator and program
1: manager, Meg Weston. And for those of you who are not familiar with Riverview's Art Space, we are a nonprofit arts organization committed to presenting contemporary art exhibits, multidisciplinary programs, and events as diverse as our community.
0: Our mission here at Riverviews is to cultivate inclusivity and quality of life via the means of art. Due to the COVID shutdown, Riverviews had to close its doors mid-March. We kept our current exhibition to scale small works group show installed in the gallery with the hopes that we would reopen before the next scheduled exhibition so the Lynchburg community could enjoy the exhibition for a few more weeks. Unfortunately, this did not come to pass. Before we take down the exhibition in preparation for our next show and reopening, we wanted to give you another chance to celebrate the artists and their small but significant artwork, if not in person, at least through our podcast. If you did
1: not have the opportunity to visit the gallery before the shutdown, please go to riverviews.net and view the full exhibition catalog for Two Scale a Small Works Group Show. And visit the Riverviews blog to read the question and answer sessions we had with these artists, focusing on their work and their artistic process. us now we have painter Anne Chenoweth who has focuses on drawing, painting, and printmaking. Welcome, Ann. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'll jump right into the first question. Um, to put it mildly, these are strange times in which we're living. Quarantining, face masks, and hand sanitizers have become a daily part of our lives. On top of the virus, we're also at a social turning point Uh, filled with protest and dissatisfaction with continued social injustice. So how are you handling the current climate dictated by the COVID COVID pandemic and the social unrest? And also, has your artwork or process been affected? And what role does your artwork play
2: in your life? That's a lot of questions. I'll try to answer (laughs) them the best that I can. Uh, The current times are very surreal. A year ago, I couldn't have imagined doing this. I I think I've lived a very happy life so far up to this point. We've survived lots of things like the Vietnam War, the uh, recession, uh, various bad presidents, uh, 9-11, lots of other things. So I know that we'll get through this, but it's frustrating at the moment because It isolates us so much from loved ones and from doing things that we just take for granted. Uh, The unrest is quite disturbing. Uh, One of the reasons is we've been through all this so many times before and uh, we haven't solved the problem, which is quite uh, dismaying to me. I was in high school when Martin Luther King was shot And I remember very vividly that and uh, Bobby Kennedy and the riots that came after it. I didn't understand the full repercussions of it then, but I've seen it so many times since then. And yes, black lives do matter. And I think it's long past the time when we should have done something about it. I don't know why. I think these days now it's poor leadership at the top of the country. I think it's preaching hate rather than tolerance or even, you don't even have to love the people, but to welcome lots of different kinds of people with open arms. And i like to see opportunities for all groups of people, Um, certainly black and brown people, immigrants, young people, old people, women, a lot of people have not had the opportunities that rich white men have had. And I think it's best maybe to spread things around a bit better. The way it's affected my art is uh, I was very touched by what Greta said uh, at the UN. It kind of changed what I wanted to do with my work. I've been very involved in painting nature and painting figures and painting uh, combinations of interiors and outside. And I thought, well, that's kind of a I'm on track to doing some kind of statement work. And it's been in the background, but maybe it should be more in the foreground now. So I'm dealing with uh, some ideas of climate change, of how it affects especially animals, because that's one of my main interests. I have dogs and cats and horses, and, um, and how it's affecting children. I have two daughters who uh, are having to go ahead with the burden of all of this on their shoulders with the three of us recent and fix these problems. Uh, and, you know, they said, okay, well, we're going to take, take all this forward. They've been involved in the uh, Black Lives Matters protests in California and Florida. So I'm very proud of them. Um, so the way it's affected my work is what I've described. Uh, I've gotten off relatively easily so far because I live in the country, live on a farm and life on the farm is good. We have a garden, we have uh, 75 acres, to us, and I have a studio to go to, so I'm to work in the studio, but it also has given me a lot of anxiety and stress, like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Is that enough of an answer for that one?
1: <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> okay. You are got- a little choppy, but I think with some sound Did editing, you get enough of that? I think okay. we need to edit it together where the it won't be as stretched out.
2: Okay, well, I made some notes. I don't know if I covered everything, but... Uh, I could talk some more. Okay. <laughs> do you want to do I, you want to talk to me about I mean, what's the next question? Okay. Or did you ask those questions in one one?
0: <laughs> I, I got the second right. question for you and uh, first and foremost I also like to say thank you for participating in this exhibition. Oh, okay, but Okay, it's been a pleasure to have your work up and to have you be part of the show. We're just so sorry that the show was a little shorter than anticipated. Uh, But it was, everybody who came and everybody who had the opportunity to see it, um, we're just thrilled. We've had an overwhelmingly positive response to this exhibition. So, thank you so much um, for participating. Uh, Your second question. It's very difficult for us all to see the future in these uncertain times. Do you have any goals, plans? And I, And you mentioned already a few of the new directions in which you're um, going to. It it, also, it sounds like in most of the artists I've talked to, we're all getting a little more political and a little more overtly political in our work um, right now. Um, but where do you see your artwork leading you in the future?
2: Um, that's a good question. I've thought about it quite a bit. Uh, I'm not an overtly political person anyway. Uh, the current news is quite disturbing to me and it's almost overwhelming. My husband is one person who will rant and rave and post things on Facebook. And uh, I, <laughs> I, I, it's not that I avoid the news, I want to be an educated person and understand what's happening, but I find it very frustrating. And I can put that frustration into my work um, in, in more subtle ways. I don't hammer people over the head with the message. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking. I have been thinking a lot about uh, artists like uh, Katja Kolwitz, who did the wonderful uh, drawings and etchings uh, between the the two world wars in Germany. They, uh, she was an expressionist artist. I think about Guernica and Picasso's piece, but I also think about Mark Bradford's piece that was at the Hirschhorn that I saw last year. It's a 360 degree uh, uh, multi-piece, I don't know if you call it a painting, but it's a wall piece made up of lots of different parts that refers to Pickett's Charge at Gettysburg. He's a black artist from California. I've seen lots of his work and it's very, very powerful in a way that's hard to describe. It's political, it's social commentary, it's utterly beautiful and it's quite striking. Uh, I don't know that I could achieve that in my work, but I see that artists like him or looking back at artists like Betty Sayer, who's still working, um, Jacob Lawrence, things can be done in small ways. Their work is relatively small, or they can be done in huge ways. I'm probably fall somewhere in the middle. Um, I'd like to make large statements. Uh, it might be time for an installation. Uh, we had an event in our woods, it was called Woods Walk uh, Chairs, and we did uh, various installations using chairs, and one of them was a memorial to uh, shooting victims of school shootings, and we had chairs on a hillside in the woods that just looked like a bunch of chairs uh, separated from each other, but when you got closer, there were dates and names of places on the chairs, and then you realize that you were looking at the children who were killed at various locations and the other people who were killed. So there's probably something like that, that, you know, would be a collaboration perhaps with other artists. I don't know. I think art can make a very strong point. It doesn't have to hammer. A lot of times when you speak too loudly, people don't listen. Sometimes whispering is the best. Sometimes, persistence is the best. I see myself persisting and things evolving, uh, like they've evolved from being interested in the climate change comment. I think it's all of one thing, it's one piece. A lot has come out from the pandemic, but so much was going on before. The pandemic was kind of like catalyst that started uh, a lot of things boiling again. You know, if you have a boiling pot, on your stove and it's boiling over, if you put the lid on it, it's not going to help anything. you got to turn the heat down. Um, So I don't know how things are going to calm down. I think the arts are so important for people's souls that things like theater and dance and art have to be seen and enjoyed. Uh, I know I've gone to uh, the Virginia Museum at times when things are in turmoil in the nation or in my personal life and stared at the brushstrokes at the bottom of a Sargent painting and found great relief in that. Um, For people who are not artists, just the very act of getting involved in the materials of painting would be very helpful. Uh, As a teacher, I could see my students who are adult students get transformed with the brush strokes of paint on the paper you don't have to paint something that looks real but to get some of that emotion out and to have that repetitive act you just sort of fall into it so I guess my art will be for myself it continues to be for myself for my own self-therapy but also art can be a voice and I'd like to think that I could be a a stronger voice uh, with art
0: well said very well said. Oh my goodness, Anne. Thank you so very much for your time today.
1: Sure. Um, thank you, yes.
0: We, we absolutely sure. appreciate it. Um, you, as, as several of the other artists we've been talking to, have given, given us a lot to think about. Um, and, and as we said, it's really important right now, a lot of people have felt very isolated. Yes. Um, so I think the more that we can, we, we can speak to people, whether it be visually or, um, voices or music, um, I think it's needed now more than ever.
2: I think so too. I think, uh, you know, Zoom is not the answer for everything, but at least we can see each other and we can gather in groups. Um, we, we've been doing FaceTime with our daughters and, uh, FaceTime with relatives and, because I'm talking to my iPhone. So, you know, we would walk around the yard and show the kids what flowers look like and go in the studio and look at the paintings. And um, so, you know, there's some kind of communication there, but nothing beats, you know, real face-to-face and being able to touch and hug people. So, yeah, I think, um, I think there's gonna be a lot of art and a lot of expression, a lot of writing, uh, a lot of thinking about things um, to come out of this. I think we're gonna eventually, as artists come out of our cocoons and start talking about it, making art. And there should be a lot of exhibitions and uh, things to, to show this work that has been done in isolation. Um, yeah.
0: Uh, absolutely. Well, please continue to share with us what you're doing. Uh so okay, many images as you can, we want to uh to have you stay in touch, so um we can continue our conversations and and see what see what you're up to, so thank you so very much, yeah
2: well, thank you for doing this show. I really appreciate being in it, and I'm really sorry I couldn't make the trip so you you have a good anyway. excuse,
0: I know you're. You... <laughs> Yeah, so, help
2: yeah but anyway we'll get together again sometime soon i hope oh my
0: goodness come see us please soon
2: yes i i love lynchburg and i have friends there too so yes i'll come there and see you thank oh, you
0: excellent. thank you we'll look forward to it
2: okay Thanks, Karen.
0: Bye, <laughs> bye 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 Meg. bye thank you next artist who's joining us for this podcast is jody mcdonald whose focus is sculpture and works on paper welcome jody so good to see have you here
3: thank you brooke it's so good to be here thanks for asking me to participate
0: oh my goodness and a big thank you for participating in the exhibition. Um, even though it was not quite as long as we had hoped, um certainly none yet you know, none of us expected to have to shut down and to you know to be to be shut down this long. Um, but I can tell you for the time in which the exhibition was viewed for, uh, by the public, um,
3: huge positive response. everybody just love this show.
0: So thank you so much for being a part of this.
3: Well, thank you. And thank you for inviting me to be in the show. And it was a beautiful, beautiful show in a beautiful space. It's just you have such a gorgeous space there.
0: Oh, well, I'm so glad that that you agreed to come on down and see us. So um, I'll give you the first question. Uh, To put it mildly, these are strange times in which we are living. Quarantining, face masks, and hand sanitizers that become part of our daily rituals. On top of the virus, we are at a social, a societal turning point filled with protest and dissatisfaction with continued social injustice. How are you handling the, handling the current climate dictated by COVID pandemic and social unrest? Has your artwork and or process been affected? And what role does your art play in your daily living?
3: Well, I would love to start with um, the last one first and um, just talk about, just like to kind of, I guess, set the scene about how, what the role that my art plays in my life. And I'm a full-time artist and I consider that to be my job. And I have a very structured schedule. Uh, it, I've set myself up to basically it's like I'm answering to an external boss. So I have my annual plan, I have my quarterly timelines, I have my daily tasks, I do quarterly reviews, I do all of these things. And I find that that just keeps me, that's the way that I work best, it keeps me on track. And um, so I was thankful that I actually do work that way and that was in place when um, COVID happened because otherwise I think I might've just been flailing around not really knowing what to do with myself. And, um, so I tried as much as I could to keep that structure happening for myself. And, um, when, uh, when the governor ordered New York to pause, that was, I believe, the third week of March, um, I moved, um, one of my sewing machines, and two bags of carefully curated materials, (laughs) and uh, ordered a whole box of foam core to be shipped to my apartment, and I settled in to work there for as long as was necessary. Um, You know, just, even though I, I, technically, I could walk to my studio, it's actually, I usually walk to my studio, I really wanted to respect the social distancing, and keep my interactions with, with people down to the lowest possible. And we live in an apartment building. So, you know, the fact that I didn't want to necessarily have to navigate those common spaces, at least in the very beginning, um, sort of made me make that decision to work from home. And my, my husband also works from home and uh, he's been working home a long time. His company jumped right on, everything and had their employees working from home right at the beginning of March. And uh, he has got himself set up an office space um, in our apartment. And I had to sort of make do with the rest of the space. Uh, I'm lucky that we have an open floor, like an open concept plan. So the the kitchen sort of like flows right into the living room. And I claimed half of the kitchen island and our dining table, which is quite small, it's three by four feet. And that was my studio. So I shrank, I had, to, I had to think a bit differently because I'm used to working in a 230 square foot studio, which is what I'm in right now, um, into that, those two surfaces, those two smaller surfaces. And that, that changed my process quite a bit. So I'm changing from working in a 230 square foot studio down to working from a kitchen table, and half of an island really changed my process of working, which is I like to just make a mess and leave things as they are in the studio, and that's why I have an external studio so my husband doesn't go crazy. And, um, and then just pick up where I've left off the next day. And of course, um, working from home and me working on the very communal areas that I was working in, I was having to tidy up twice a day. So I'd set up in the morning, I'd do some work, we'd break for lunch, I'd clean everything up, and move everything off. Um, know and then set it back up after lunch work for another few hours and then you know dinner time would come around and i'd have to do that process again so um our kitchen table has never been that clean (laughs) that consistently and um what what pleasantly surprised me about that having to do that was it it wasn't that hard for me to shrink down to working in that limited space and and having to kind of change the way that I worked and having to clean up each time. That I fell into that routine very easily and very quickly. And I, I made process in the same way that I would normally make process on a piece um, from home, um, but with much less materials. So, you know, and because I was working just on... Uh, a test diorama, as opposed to like a master, and I was just using foam core and I was just playing around with some ideas, that um, it was okay that I only had like a glue gun and my foam core and my cutting mat, you know, and uh, very limited supplies to to make do. Um, just trying to kind of think if there's anything else that I needed to say.
0: Do you think that that will actually affect um when you do take these prototypes and you start executing them as as finished pieces do you think that that is going to you know follow be apparent in the finished work do you think
3: oh oh you mean well definitely 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 like the actual the artwork itself i mean my my work always tends to be influenced by issues that are happening in the news that you know, current political or social issues that are happening. There's always small details that will infuse themselves into the work as I'm creating the, it. And for sure, one of the pieces I worked on um, ended up being very isolated. It's a figure sitting on a small iceberg, <laughs> and, <laughs> and and you know, and the figure is wearing a mask. And um, for the first month of isolation. I was compelled to make miniature one quarter scale toilet tissue rolls. And that was, that was because in the very beginning, um, there was a bit of crisis hoarding that was, that happened very quickly. Like the minute people realized that COVID was coming and we were going to have to bunker down for a while. Um, everybody bought up all the things. So even though it, it, it would have been fine like the distributors were still like sending stuff to the stores but nobody had changed how much they wanted to order because they didn't know everybody was going to go in and buy all the toilet paper <laughs> so that was one of the things um that was that was difficult to get and i was like okay for sure toilet paper is going in this piece somehow it's it's going in there it's either going to be um part of the iceberg or the iceberg will be made up of the toilet paper rolls or it's going to be like hidden in the back of the iceberg. And uh, so I did, I, I spent a month and I made, um, I think I've got 54 miniature rolls that look exactly like a real roll of toilet paper. And um, yeah, so that's sort of how COVID um, definitely found its way into the work And it'll be, it's there as a little time memento of what was happening (laughs) culturally at that time.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and I sometimes find when I change my workspace, because our studios are such sacred places, um, when when you make that change into your home space, its um, I think it just kind of affects what you're doing.
3: For sure, even just the environment, like a different, you know setting i we also um this hasn't made its way into my work yet but we're right beside a very active construction zone and it was also granted um uh like like they like immer- like they were able to keep going throughout the pandemic where a lot of the sites shut down they were able to keep going and you know so there's like jackhammering 50 feet away from, <laughs> from us and it's constant right so you're just like oh my god god what's going on um so that i mean even even stuff like that can just jar how you think about things and yeah definitely for sure yeah things have happened um so i think the other the other um issue you wanted to talk about was how the social unrest has if that has affected
0: Does that affect? my practice
3: right so i was i had sort of um Psyched myself up to return to the studio on June first. I was going to move all my stuff back in here and and really make an effort to to get my routine back um, because I have also found one of the things that was affected was of course my productivity. I just wasn't. I I was much more tired at the end of a day than normal, and I think that was chalked up to the anxiety. You know, like we're we're, we're our bodies are working overtime. Uh, just processing what's going on, and um, so i I felt like I just needed to return to normal and get back in here and it was the weekend before I was going to move in. Um, that was when the rioting started in New York and i you know, my husband and I are not originally from New York, we're from Canada, and we have our we have our own issues there, our own flawed history there (laughs) of, of, you know, treating indigenous and people of color unfairly throughout the history. But it's um, not quite on the same level as maybe in the US. So it, I couldn't, I couldn't, I was, I was so full of emotions. I was celebrating the renewed vigor in the protests and people coming together and i was um you know like angry and saddened by by the police brutality and it just like that on top of dealing with the pandemic just like it hit, it, it hit home like i there there are definitely things that i'm understanding now that i have never considered before so it's I feel like a system that only a societal system that only benefits part of its people is a broken system. And I feel like it's so systemic and it just needs to be changed. And it feels like there is a lot of momentum right now, which is super exciting. And, um, I'm, I'm back in the studio now, but I'm still, it's a slow process because I'm also kind of taking a break to do a lot of, Educating myself and doing some research, and you know, um, understanding what I can do to help move things forward as well. So, I've been, you know, I've been um, a couple of resources that I'm doing right now are Ibram X. Kendi's How to Be an Anti Racist. So, learning the difference between just saying you're not a racist and actually being an active anti racist um, is a big big one for me. And, um, yeah, so it took, it's, it's now that I'm back in the studio, I'm, there's lots going on and, and I do find some of my creating time is actually spent, um, listening to some talks, um, or, or, um, researching, um, white fragility and, and at things that, you know, it didn't, from my background, where I came from, I didn't have to consider because of my privilege.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of people I notice um, as an artist, if, if you're not an artist, you kind of assume that artists go to their studios and they make artwork, but a large part of what we do is research. Yeah. It is listening, it is learning, um, and you really have to do that first before you can go and translate that into uh, the visual language
3: exactly
0: uh, very very it's a fundamentally important part of the process that um we have to feed ourselves we have to grow and then we can share
3: mm-hmm. exactly so i feel definitely um i feel my what i thought was going to happen <laughs> this year <laughs> is probably not what's going to happen in my practice and uh and that's okay that's i'm totally fine with that i one of, the, one of the things that I think is going to change for me will be what medium I produce my artwork in. So it's, um, I still do, I mean, I love being a sculptor. I love it so much. I'm trying to figure out how I can give people the opportunity to experience my sculptural work in the same way without having to be there to, so how can I do that virtually? So I'm thinking about video or something that's like a 3D um, capture that they can then explore themselves and find all the little nooks and crannies and details and, and that kind of thing there, And which is totally like, I don't know how to do that. So that's <laughs> going to be a huge learning curve. <laughs> um, but the other um, path that I was on, but wasn't planning on getting to this year, uh, was doing some stop-motion animation, both with um, articulated paper figures, which I've done a little bit of in the past, just some, some tests, and but also thinking about how I can maybe use that for the textile figures as well and these, these environments that I'm creating, making, um, I'm just making some short videos. And of course, they will still have that political edge that my work has. Whether it will stay as subtle as it is, I'm not sure. It might be a bit more overtly, you know, it might be a little less whimsical and, and hidden and a little bit more overt.
1: Well, you already kind of hit on the second question with that <laughs> little, uh, exploration into animation and all the learning curves you have to do. But, yeah. uh, do you have any other goals or plans um, that you hope to explore in the coming days or months or years? And, and where yeah. your art is heading is obviously something virtual and something new mm-hmm. and exciting. So how does mm-hmm. that,
3: how do you prepare for that? I'm right now, I honestly, I'm kind of like, I have no idea what's gonna happen tomorrow, <laughs> I have no idea. I, and I think that is um, a terrifying and exhilarating place to be. And I feel like that is where we are just um, overall in the world right now. It's a terrifying but exhilarating place to be. And I feel like there's a lot of hope. Um, I feel like moving forward, definitely I'm going to continue doing a lot of um, personal research on things and how I can play maybe a more active role in society more than I was rather than just sitting on the sidelines, being a witness. So that that is gonna take up some of my time. And of course that will factor in whatever happens with my work, uh, whatever videos, uh, little in animations kind of come out of that. And, um, but it's definitely, I think for me for now, um, short-term it'll be about the research and the gestation and letting things sink in and, um, coming to the studio, being ready to play, being ready to have um, things be expressed, but not not having, not keeping to my expectations, not forcing myself to keep on the path that I had so <laughs> directly <laughs> and strictly laid out for myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the things that this, the, the environment in which we're living has kind of taught us all is we, I mean, I'm, as you, I have a very strict kind of idea of, of what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And then all of that has kind of been blown out of the water. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, the big lesson is be flexible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's kind of one of the big lessons I think that we've, we've learned through this is, you know, this has been something in which we cannot control. Exactly hmm And I know it's been a little different from New Yorkers. Um, my sister is a New Yorker and I talk to her every day. Um, I know that what you, you all have been through there has been incredibly intense.
3: hmm I think people are um, definitely uh, hesitant to kind of get back to normal. I, I'm, if everything keeps going well over the weekend, we're set to start phase two reopening on Monday and i'm excited about that but there's there's also a lot of stress involved my my husband and i went to our first social gathering last night out, outside um you know and it was it it was nerve-wracking to like psych yourself up to go out there and do that and everybody was well behaved and wearing masks and keeping their distance and um you know it 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 took probably about 30 minutes to kind of settle in and go and remember how to be social (laughs) and, and, you know, get to, get to see people you haven't seen for three months. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Jody, so much. Well, thank you.
3: Thank you, Meg, for reaching out and asking. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Thank you, Jody, for your time, and thank you for being a part of this show. And um, I, we hope to see what you're what you're going to be creating in the future. We want to see those animations. Yeah. We want to see what you're doing. So d- stay in touch. Don't 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 forget to send us exactly what's going on with you.
3: I will. I will. Yeah. <laughs> thank you.
0: Uh, The next artist I am going to introduce is Kim Clark whose focus is ceramics and mosaics. Um, Welcome Kim! Hi! Hey! Good to have you! Oh my goodness! And first and foremost I have to thank you for being a part of this exhibition. Um, I am so sorry that we didn't have... we weren't able to have it open as long as we had initially planned, but a lot of plans have kind of had to be changed lately.
4: I understand. Yes,
0: but I, one thing I can say is people who did get to see the exhibition were absolutely thrilled, so thank you very much for participating.
4: You're welcome.
0: Okay, so the first question for you is, To put it mildly, these are strange times in which we are living. Quarantining, face masks and hand sanitizers have become part of our daily rituals. On top of the virus, we are at a societal turning point filled with protests and dissatisfaction with continued social injustice. How are you handling the current climate dictated by COVID pandemic and social unrest? How has your artwork or your process been affected? And what role does your art play in your daily living?
4: Okay, how has it affected me? Um, I'm just gonna say I'm kind of been living in the twilight zone as everybody else. And then once you're in the twilight zone and then the other things hit the fan, for example, the unrest. So it pushes you into the past the twilight zone. Um, and yeah, when I was in that twilight zone, I, my brain took to clay and I made a couple little viruses to put on the wall, had the little faces Um, Because I'm having a lot of time on my hands not being able to teach or do workshops or anything that I um, do one-on-one or with a a class. Mm
0: -hmm.
4: So that is one way that this whole thing has affected me. And also the sadness of the unrest with what's going on. I'm in a kerplunk. I'm a white woman. I was just born and my I'm a, I'm sort of at I'm in a confusion too of what how to um handle some of these topics that come up. Very confused the monu- the art monuments that are coming down. <laughs> I'm wrapping my brain around, yes, and maybe what do you do? I, for me that's it's not art, but it is and and so confusion is very big in my mind at this point. And well,
0: I, I think we're all a bit confused right now. I think that's kind of part of the process of of, of daily life is the confusion of, of what's going on. How do we make a, you know, how what is our part in what's going on?
4: Exactly. And um, I try to express love in my work because that is something that, comes to my soul and my reality is just throw out the love as best you can. Um, So I incorporate hearts and stuff into my work. That's that kind of how that affects it. Um.
0: No, because love is really important right now and sharing love and loving each other, just putting love out there. What could be more important than that right now?
4: Exactly. Know. And it's a and it's a base and something I can wrap my brain around at yeah. this point. Is just the essence of pure love and pure creativity too. Mm-hmm. Um creating the love as if it's in a song or in a heart in one of my little mosaics or or whatever. Mm-hmm. So
0: anyway. No, absolutely. I think that's what, well, you know, we as artists, that's one of the things we can do and put out there and have people react to. And I think love is a biggie. Yeah, that's
4: boils down to that one thing.
0: Mm-hmm. It really does. And wouldn't the world be different if we all loved each other? <laughs> Sometimes it seems like we just don't love each other.
4: Yeah. Yeah. and, and, it's hard to, um, you know, there's a lot of hate the haters. What are you going to do with that? That's frustrating.
0: No, that's very frustrating. And and hate is such a toxic thing that kind of eats away at you. Love is healing. Love is bondi- binding and healing. So much rather, exactly. people, yeah kind of try to stamp down the hate and replace it with love. It's hard to do, but you're doing it in your work. So very important.
4: I'm trying and I'm loving what I do. And that's, I think that hopefully goes into the pieces. So. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. I can roll into the second question if you like.
4: Yes, please.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is difficult for all of us to see the future in these uncertain times. Do you have any goals, plans, or new directions that you hope to explore in the coming days, months, or years? And where do you see your
4: artwork leading you? Okay. Um, I see my future um starting to do a semi-retirement, <laughs> which i love, but it's semi. Um, let's see, um, and I see my work, it's always kind of evolving anyways, but um, I am starting to do a lot more mosaic than the clay, and I'm really excited about that because I can bring them both into that um uh, my pieces that I'm trying to create with the love um so, yeah, I just wanna make stuff, and hopefully it sells, and if I need you know, and if not, whatever, um and I hope it just makes people feel happy. Of what I do. Mm.
1: Your work is pretty whimsical. Though. I think most people smile when they look at it. So, oh,
4: thank, I think the initial
1: first reaction is to smile at all those little guys.
4: Yeah, maybe put. And I like to watch people kind of maybe go into another place. You know, whether that be little fairyland or just another happy place for a moment when they're looking at it. that's, yeah. that's where I when I'm creating it. That is my place. So kind of um, my other world.
1: Maybe a question should have been where your artwork is leading us next.
4: <laughs> where it's leading you
1: guys? Yeah, where people looking at it. Where would it oh. where would you like it to take them?
4: Oh, down the rabbit hole, down to um their happy place Um, and you know use your own imagination. Um, I tend to get people staring at it for a while so I'm thinking and hoping that they're staring at it in a way where it's taking them to um, maybe an edgy or a fun new story in their head world. Kind
0: of, sort of, something like that. Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, you as you as uh, so many artists really are creating an implied narrative in which you're setting the scenes for your for your audience to fill in the story around your characters. You're not telling Mm. them who these characters are, or you know, in what world in which they live, but you allow the audience to create the world and put the character that you've created into it
4: and that's just marvelous precisely
0: mm-hmm. absolutely i think that's fun <laughs> 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 <Woo-hoo>!
1: <laughs> we all need
0: to we all need to escape sometimes we all need that other place to to exist you know yes yeah. You know, sometimes the world in which we exist is a little bit too much, but how nice to open the door to another, another existence um, through your work. You know, a funner place, a happy place, a place that, you know, you just get a break from a little, for a little while from all that you have to deal with. That, that's wonderful. That's, you know, make more. <laughs> okay. Make more, okay. please, make more. Twist like your arm. <laughs> okay, thank goodness. Yes, absolutely. So do you plan on being open first
4: Friday? Or, or can people yes.
0: come to your work? Awesome.
4: Yes, I'm going to have the door open. Um, so a lot of the work that I just moved will be back there. So I'll have that set up and some mirrors that I need to But yeah, I'm the light, yeah, I'm loving the new studio. Mm-hmm. um it's going to be a primary studio other than the pottery studio i mm-hmm. i i'm, I'm going to make this more of a i was kind of pulled at, you know one studio here one anyway so you'll see a lot of me yay uh, okay. so, sorry <laughs> No,
1: I don't apologize, apologize. <laughs> no, so, so when
0: people come down to river views they can come you're now located on the first floor and right. they can come visit you and and see see what you're working on and, and
4: well just- when i'm there i'll just leave the door open mm-hmm. for the most part unless the air conditioning is Fighting with my warmer space, but I, you know, I'll have it. They can, it, people can come in and chat with me whenever. Great.
0: Okay. I'm good. 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 This is this is a nice little opportunity for us to tell people that you're now, you know, located on the first floor. And if they're um, coming to Riverviews, so Views, that they need to uh, walk down the hall from the Craddock Terry Gallery and say hi. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> Thank yes. you! Thank you so much for your time you. and, and taking the time to talk with us today and Thank for you. participating in the exhibition and for being a part of the Riverviews community. Yay. Yay! Okay the next artist I'd like to invite to this blog is Michael Holt whose focus, focus is cutting resin cuttings, and digital collage. Hi, Michael, how are you? Hey, how
5: are you doing? I'm doing great.
0: Good, so good to have you here. And thank you once again for being a part of this exhibition. Um, I was sorry that the duration had to be much shorter than we had
2: anticipated,
0: (laughs) (laughs) but for the short time in which we did get to share this work, you know, it was an acclaimed show. We had such incredible positive feedback. So
5: thank
0: you, thank you, thank you,
5: thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. I, I, uh, I did enjoy the short while that um, people were able to see it. And the opening was really great, you know, so, you know, we had a good time then.
0: <laughs> we did have a good time. We did it. <laughs> Little did we know it was the last good time for a while.
5: Yeah, a long while. <laughs> a
0: long while, yeah, little did we know that. Okay, so first question. To put it mildly, these are strange times in which we are living. Quarantining, face masks, and hand sanitizers have become part of our daily rituals. On top of the virus, we are at social societal turning point filled with protest and dissatisfaction with the continued social injustice. How are you handling the current climate, climate dictated by the COVID pandemic and social unrest? Second part of the question, has your artwork and or process been affected and what role is your art playing in your daily life?
5: Wow, you know, um, you know, living in D.C., it's been kind of an interesting ride, you know. Um, we are, in, in a lot of ways, feel like kind of at the epicenter of a, of a lot of things that are happening, you know. Um, We've got the the protests that are happening on a daily basis out here, and then um, we seem to have uh, gotten a handle on our transmission rate as far as the virus goes in D.C., but um, as states start to reopen, um, my biggest fear is that we're going to have a lot of tourism from these states coming here, and you're starting to already see a massive rise in the Sun Belt um, once again with the virus all those people are going to be traveling. And um, so it, it's going to be coming back here. And so even though we've got kind of a handle on it right now, uh, my biggest fear is that it's not going to last uh, for very long. So, you know, I, I personally haven't really left the house to go anywhere except for the grocery store for three and a half months. <laughs> that's, that's no joke. And I think we've probably only gone out maybe four times uh, just to get groceries. You know, we've done pretty good at um, keeping our supplies stocked up and things like that, um, and maintaining. Uh, you know, my lifeline has pretty much been Zoom meetings with friends, you know, having virtual dinner parties, and uh, Jenny's had, you know, a few paint and sips, you know, online where she dressed up as Bob Ross, and uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun.
4: Excellent.
5: And, uh, and and the, the biggest tragedy for me, <laughs> um, personally anyways, and professionally, is that there was no way to plan for this so um when the museums shut down and they said hey we're all going home until further notice i did have some supplies but i didn't think it was going to be um as big as, as it was you know and i don't think anybody foresaw you know how big this was and so two months in i ran out of supplies you know i didn't have anything to cut anymore um but um uh, it's been kind of a blessing on the side though, because I've been wanting to work on larger projects rather than just the magazines. And uh, and, and that's given me the opportunity to do that because I did have supplies for that. Um, so I have worked on two, uh, two pieces that have been completed. Unfortunately, I, I've run out of supplies yet again uh, for the large work, so i I'm pretty much in limbo at the moment, and I've been spending a lot of my time like upping my cooking game instead.
0: <laughs> you know, you know, we're creators, so we always have to create. You know, I've never baked so much bread in my life. <laughs> you know, you've been doing some good breads. That's you know.
5: <laughs> I've learned how to make Peking duck. Um, I made a Chicago deep dish pizza the other night. Um, if I can't go travel to these places, you know, uh, I'll bring it home. You know, I'll make it here and pretend. Um, I I made sure to send uh, images to my buddy Mouse in Chicago when I made the deep dish pizza. You know, he was pretty excited about that.
0: Did he critique you? I mean, if we can't get critiqued on our artwork, at least we can be critiqued on our cooking.
5: That's right, that's right. So, you know, I haven't been posting a lot of artwork, but I have been posting a lot of food pictures, you know?
4: (laughs) So am I!
5: (laughs) Um, And I've started, you know, looking at other sources for, for material, you know, I, it's, it's really forced me to kind of like jump outside of my boundaries um, and my norm. So, you know, I ordered a, a magazine from Japan the other day and it just came that I'm going to work on because I, as much as I love the magazines, I'm, I'm getting bored with just focusing primarily on American culture, politics, consumerism and sexuality. I want to like kind of expand out into a world stage, you know, and and uh, experience their takes on these things. So, you know, um, I was fortunate um, last December, November, December, Jenny had brought home some magazines from China when she went to visit. And I dove into them, I loved them. And I think, I think one of them might be on display there, I, I think. And so I ordered a magazine from Japan. They called it a magazine, but this thing's as thick as a book. <laughs> so and and it's it's on some pretty controversial. Well, at least by American standards, it's it's some controversial material. It's it's a it's a hentai ma- magazine, which is a very sexually explicit, um, cartoonish drawings. And um, I don't know how much I'm going to let's say uh, reveal of the 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 work itself. You know, some more explicit nature of it. But I think I can work with it in a way that. That plenty of people feel comfortable with and still understand, you know, the, the content um, without getting too explicit because, you know, Americans, as much as we love our freedom, we tend to be a little puritanical when it comes to sexuality, um, which is not the same as the rest of the world. So, you know, I, in some ways I have to walk a fine line, I think, but eventually I'm probably going to chuck that in the garbage too and just go with it.
0: <laughs> I think you know I think we all start with the fine line <laughs> and yeah. then eventually we throw it out the window with our work and we're just like oh, I'm just gonna
5: just yeah. for it I mean because part of this isn't just you know isn't just exploring other cultures but it's also I guess a personal liberation of my own so you know the more I keep pushing those boundaries and expanding those concepts and ideas and and philosophies from around the world you know I'm hoping that that I grow with it.
0: Oh so, yeah, and, and sometimes we need to do that in stages, not all at once. And so right. sometimes that fine line can actually be an introduction for you, the artist, as well as as well as your artwork. It's like you're you're doing this for the first time and you're exploring it. So exploring it in stages makes a lot of sense.
5: That's true. yeah And to quote one of my uh, heroes, Dr. Hunter S. Thompson, uh, I quote, it never got weird enough for me.
0: End quote. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. Well, that's an exciting uh, exciting exploration in which you're taking on, Um, especially right now. I mean, we're dealing with a pandemic, which really brings it home that the entire world is dealing with this. It's not just an American thing.
5: Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the most frustrating thing right now is so much of the American public believes that this is somehow a hoax. And, um, you know, any logical person would understand that the entire world, the entire world medical community is real and we have to take it seriously. And, um, you know, we, we're all suffering um, for that. You know, we, we're losing, um, that contact with with other human beings you know we're losing um time and you know it's been really difficult i mean for me the only human being that i come into contact with other than going to a grocery store is jenny and she's still working so you know i see her for a couple of hours of the evening and, and on the weekends but for the most part it's just me and the cat and and he's pretty indifferent i mean Unless he's trying to cuddle or get some treats, so you know, I don't. I don't he wants what, something
0: you know.
5: from you. <laughs> you know, so the challenge it really is, and you find yourself uh, going through phases of, of mani- manic, manic. Uh, because I'm, I'm personally, at um, a young age, as I was, I was manic. Through pa- phases of man- mania, you know, where I'm high energy and. and you know just really digging into things around me and, and all that and then i'll hit rock bottom you know and and it's really difficult to dig yourself out of that when you don't have any real human interaction around you so yeah, it's yeah, a challenge I'm,
0: I'm really good you blo- oh you brought that up because you actually just kind of gave words to my existence the past uh, two months I, you know it's just going from that mania that frantic production to this, this inability to do much of
5: anything. Yeah, just absolute despair. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> absolute.
0: Despair.
1: Yeah. And and, and on top of
5: that, you know, there's there's elements in my artwork that some people may not pick up on. Um, some some have, like Tim Dowd during grad school, he picked on it pretty up on it pretty immediately. You know, the line work in my my magazines it, it kind of um, exemplifies my my underlying um, anxiety disorder as well. You know. I, I'm not just being depressive but i suffer from anxiety you know and that's from years of various traumas and experiences um and, and probably a lot of like unaddressed things you know that i just have pushed down um so you know there's a lot of anxiety in the work and uh and, and anxiety doesn't work well with situations like this you know you know i for the most part i can control it but you know there's just some days where you get up, you turn on the news, and, and I don't watch, like, corporate media, but I do watch, you know, independent media. And it's just like, you know, the, the the meme with Picard, you know, from Next Generation Star Trek, you know, where he's just sitting in his captain's chair and it says damage report. You know, every morning is just, give me the damage report, let me deal with this and, and get on with the rest of the day. So it's been our roller coaster you know but you know we're dealing with it and uh, trying to get by and do the best we can just like anybody else
0: mm-hmm absolutely you know it's it's people are people are kind of tend to assume that art as artists we're just sitting you know every minute making artwork and and you know <laughs> thriving and being so productive and, and then you start to talk to people then they're like yeah I had a good day on Tuesday and then I you know
5: <laughs> But that's part of the process, right, is, is the human experience. And, and you're not always productive. A lot, of, a lot of what people don't understand about art is, is the vast majority of the art happens up here in the head first before it ever um, becomes an object. And, and even during making that object, there's things going on upstairs, you know, that maybe don't even relate to the art, you know. Sometimes it's, it's like an automatic thing, you know, you're lost up here while your hands are doing the thing and and it comes out in the work um so you know we're human just like everybody else and in some ways maybe we experience things on on a different different level and that that depth allows us to create what we do
0: i think so i like to think so well said (laughs) okay so your second question um and you talked a little bit about this already but it's difficult for us to um to see the future in these times it's very hard to look um too far ahead do you have any long-term goals plans Uh, i know you're you're um, looking globally um and in new directions that way um where do you see your artwork leading you in the future once once we we're all kind of released and we can move forward again
5: yeah um yeah like i said um earlier it it has definitely this situation has definitely afforded me some opportunities and and definitely a hell of a lot of time to think about things (laughs) you know, and focus on on this rather than focusing on just, you know, work, um, you know, like paying the bills. Um, so with the magazines, you know, I'm, I still definitely want to keep digging into American culture because I'm so ingrained and entrenched in that, obviously. But um, I want to expand outwards to a more global stage. And, and I, I've noticed recently through things like WeChat and even online, um, through Facebook and Instagram, um, I'm, I'm getting more of a response from Asian communities lately um, mm-hmm. who are enjoying the work. And that makes me really happy because they're, they're seeing my stuff, you know, on a social media platform and, um, you know, maybe down the road it will lead to opportunities where I can bring my work to them um, rather than, than just seeing it online. So the magazines are definitely going to start taking a different turn, um, but the larger scale works that I've started working on, I definitely see those growing into um, a new series of works, and definitely a new avenue. I'm using a lot of the same techniques and and things that I've learned cutting the magazine, such as the use of propaganda and and marketing and consumerism and public relations and politics. You know, all of these things that that you know. I would classify as propaganda, because there's really no difference between someone trying to sell you something and the government trying to sell you on a new war. It's the same concepts, they're, they're selling you emotion, uh, a connection to something, whether it be an object or an idea. So propaganda plays a deep part in, in a lot of my work, my, my, um, my studies and, and things like that. So I wanna use the same things that I've learned to make larger scale works, but this time I, I have much more control over the content because I'm not working from just a, an object that's already present. Now I'm, I'm bringing elements in um, of my choosing and creating new works, larger works that still have those anxiety lines in them like the magazines, you know, they still have all those elements to say, hey, this is me, um, but they're, they're going to be more focused towards using those propaganda practices to my own means to get across a message. Um, my goal is to eventually create a series called Dumb Jack. And um, it, it comes from my um, studies of uh, a person by the name of Edward Bernays. He, he plays a key role in a lot of my work. Uh, he was, the, I believe the, uh, he was either, I think he was the, the great Grandson, or, or 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 Sigmund Freud was his uncle, but he he used Sigmund Freud's ideas of the irrational mind um, to create what we know as PR today. He was the godfather of public relations and in marketing. He was solely responsible for launching what we knew as the Mad Men era of marketing, where anything went. And uh, he was a genius, and and he later recanted his his um, his role in creating propaganda and PR and marketing because he thought that a benevolent ruling class would use it for good, you know, and and he found out very quickly what it was really going to be used for. Um, so, um, you can thank him for a lot of uh, your attachment to objects these days, you know, your emotional attachment, you know, to objects and things and consumerism, or even how we go about, you know, promoting... Um, political figures or wars or, or issues, he created all of that. It didn't really exist before him. And uh, so a lot of that goes into what I studied cutting these magazines. It's one of the reasons I started cutting these magazines, because uh, I knew that new collage in a meaningful way, something that meant something to me. I needed to study these processes in a deeper way, and what better way than to go to the source and and start cutting away and revealing the contents you know and the way these things are being used and collectively um, combined so my work the larger works are going to use some of those same processes, but with a very serious bent towards my own um, maddened crazed mind you know and my own agenda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Boy, look, I'm excited. I can't wait to see this work. You gotta let us know when we can start to get some glimpses of this work. And I hope that you also really write down this thought process that's going along with it. I mean, and I know sometimes as artists we don't want to to kind of illustrate that. Um yeah. you know, we don't like to put that out for everybody, but you know. When talking with another artist, it's the thing that really fascinates me. I'm like whole oh, process, process, process. I want to know exactly what you're thinking and how you're thinking.
5: Yeah,
0: so you know, I'm a little greedy that way myself. But um,
5: yeah, for us, it, definitely. For us, it's more about uh, the the gray matter than anything. You know, trying to dig into that. So yeah, I'll send I'll send some images to you. I've got the two new works uh, that are done pretty much. Um, I'll, I'll try to get some images. It's it's a little difficult to get quality images here in this house, you know, not in a gallery setting, but I'll, I'll do my best and, and send you something so you can at least get a, an idea of what where I'm going with it.
0: Oh my goodness, thank you. I look forward to that. Um, always, always love to see your work. Always can't wait to see what you have in store for us in the future.
5: <laughs> thank you. I like sharing it.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. And thank you again for um, being here to talk with us today. Can't appre- you know, really appreciate the time in which you're giving us. Um, it was a great talk, and I honestly, I could talk with you all day. I'm afraid. And I, I
5: definitely <laughs> I could do this all day too. I, know,
0: I don't. Yeah, I was like, I don't think Michael signed up for the all day session.
5: Um. Uh, you know, I've got nothing better to do. I really don't. That's I, the whole thing. You is, know. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for inviting me, I really enjoyed this, you know, and, uh, uh, oh. I would definitely love to uh, have longer conversations if it ever uh, comes around, so you know, count me in.
0: Oh my gosh, uh oh, you're in trouble now, we got you, we got you good, <laughs> we'll, we'll be, we'll definitely probably take you up on that. <laughs> so thank you Michael for everything that you've, you've done for us. So I'll <laughs>
5: about um, processes and things you know it's um um, get get inside the mind of, of how we create and and the thing all the things that go into that you know a lot of people think you just sit down and create something and you've come up with these new ideas and processes and these groundbreaking things just out of thin air but it's not true you know it's built off of things that have come before it's built off of theories philosophies the world we live in and our own you know madness that's going on up there with all of these elements you know kind of like ricocheting off of one another you know it's 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 a messy, messy world inside there and 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 it's our job to try to make some sense of it and try to create something that people can maybe get a glimpse of it.
0: Mm-hmm. It makes people's <laughs> worlds bigger to see in in inside the mess because I think it also um validates other people's mess thank you very much <laughs> definitely
5: yeah and that's that's the other thing you know that maybe people can find a connection that they didn't realize they had before you know and i think that above all things is is the goal you know
0: it really is and and, and especially in a time right now where we feel so incredibly isolated i think it's really important that's why when all of this occurred I said art is more important now than ever because it's more important you know for us con- to connect and validate and create dialogues and so honestly people just don't feel so alone
5: definitely definitely and, and we don't feel as alone as artists either you know <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much, Michael. I really appreciate your time. And uh, we, you know, this is not the last time we'll talk. I'm certain.
5: I'm certain of it. <laughs> thank you so much.
0: <laughs>
5: thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Have a good day. Take care, day. And stay safe.
1: Thanks for listening. The second half of this exhibition's podcast will include Laura Ferris, Travis Childers, Todd Webb, and John Morgan. So stay tuned.